All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday. Hard to believe we're in the middle of the week. It's hump day already. A lot of great discussions been going on the last few days. We've got a great show for you. We're going to cover everything from classified documents and Hunter Biden scandals to the war in Ukraine waged by Russia and some major developments today. The United States, Germany joined Great Britain in sending some serious hardware tanks to Ukraine to help prepare for an expected Russian counteroffensive coming in the near future. This is a major moment in the war, a major commitment by the United States and the West. Been delayed. A lot of people think it's shown some weakness on the behalf of the Biden administration, but we are now giving the sort of hardware to Ukraine it needs to succeed in the next phase of the war. And we're going to have the perfect guest to handicap that at the end of the show. Dan Hoffman, former CIA station chief in Moscow, really one of the intelligence community's premier Russian experts. He's going to join us at the end of the show to describe why today's events were so momentous and what to expect in the weeks and months ahead. And also, one of the things that Dan Hoffman does that President Biden has failed to do, describe why we're there describe what needs to be done and what we would define as a victory. He's going to give us that, even though our president has it. I'm pretty sure it'll be pretty critical that the president, President Biden, hasn't done enough to explain to the American people our involvement in this war. But we'll get more of that at the end of the show. We're going to start off the show today with a familiar guest, one of our good friends, someone who understands classified documents, intelligence, all the things that are at the heart of this. He is none other than Cash Patel, former Chief Investigative Counsel for the House Intelligence Committee, former Chief of Staff to the Pentagon, former National Security Counsel, advisor to the President for Counterterrorism, former federal prosecutor. He's going to kick us off. We're going to get you up to date on all the things that are involved in the scandal. In the second part of the show, we had an amazing interview with Jim Jordan last night, Congressman Jim Jordan, Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He not only lays out what they're going to investigate, and it's important to investigate and expose wrongdoing, but he is already trying to find solutions that the American people could say, hey, you not only identified a problem, you fixed it. And in the second segment of this show, Jim Jordan is going to give us his prescription about how he's going to go about to solve the censorship problems that so deeply troubles us, whether it's at universities, social media, federal government, 
universities. He's got a big announcement he's going to make in the middle of this show. You're going to want to check that out. And then we'll finish up with the Ukraine-Russia war and one of the country's premier Russian experts, Dan Hoffman, former CIA station chief in Moscow. What a lineup. Cash Patel, Jim Jordan, Dan Hoffman, back to back to back on Wednesday morning here in America. We'll get right to that lineup right after this quick commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 
All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. If your head is spinning by all of the things that have occurred that in real life feel more like a fiction movie, like the FBI agent was in bed with a Russian oligarch, or there's classified documents in everybody's house. Somebody wakes up every day, there's more classified documents. Truth sometimes has a funny way of being stranger and more compelling than fiction. Our next guest, he's done more than anyone to reassert truth among all the fiction that's been in Washington. He's the former chief counsel of the House Intelligence Committee when it unraveled the Russia collusion case. He is the former chief of staff to the Pentagon who offered those National Guard troops to the Capitol and was turned down, silly, of the action by Nancy Pelosi and her team. And of course, was on the National Security Council advising President Trump on such important things as taking out big terrorists like General Soleimani in Iran. He is none other than our good friend, Cash Patel. Cash, great to have you on the show. Hey, John, thanks so much for having me on that show. And, uh, because that's quite a lovely intro. I'm not sure I deserve it, but uh, it's good to be with you. Well, listen, your record is one of public service, and you continue to motivate people to get involved in public service, to not give up in the fight. A lot of people throw up their hands and say, this system is so broke, it can't be fixed. But you've never done that. You keep working to fix the system. And and I think, you know, whether it's Fight with Cash or the books that you're writing for children, for parents to describe these things to their children, you're, you're making a difference every day. I want to start with, it seems like we wake up everybody every day and somebody else has just found some classified documents. Yesterday, it's Mike Pence. Joe Biden is five or six times. Obviously, Donald Trump had the questions at Mar-a-Lago. When you step back now, it looks to me like beyond the finger pointing and the politics of this, the intelligence community, which spent a lot of time chasing false Russia collusion allegations and censoring people's legitimate opinions, hasn't been doing a good job of its core responsibility, protecting the documents that they itself classified. You're absolutely right. And this is on full blast for the world to see now. And it's making our um, government from top to bottom look like a Mickey Mouse operation. I mean, I understand that there are documents when you're a vice president and whatnot that can inadvertently, when you pack up and leave, come with you. But that is a job of the 10,000 plus people that surround the White House to ensure that doesn't happen, not to mention the 55,000 intelligence officials that work for the United States. And so it's not even reckless or careless. It's just more um, of government interference and government corruption to say, we know better. We know what we're doing. You, the American people, don't. And now we have more class. We've been saying this on your show since day one, John. You've been doing fantastic reporting. There's going to be more and more places that Biden's documents turn up. It's going to go on for a while. The Pence thing, maybe a little bit of a surprise, maybe not. But I'm sure any former vice president who's out there right now is probably doing a double check just in case. And, um, you know, whether it's criminal or not, it's for somebody else's side on, on that one. But what it shows is what you highlighted, that we just do not have an organized system of intelligence collection and security that we're supposed to have. And uh, maybe we'll fix it, but it doesn't look like this administration is going to be the one to do it. Yeah, no, they have no regret. I mean, that's the problem. The first question when the president says, I have regret how this is played out, but wait a second. You expose national secrets to danger in your home with your drug-addicted son and his Chinese business partners, and he has no regret. So regret is the first part of realizing there's a problem to be fixed. He doesn't seem to even have that. Is there an opportunity for Congress to bring the CIA, the NSA, say, hey, guys, you should have a better tracking system. Get on this. This, this is not rocket science because we know our enemies are more determined than ever, right? The Chinese through academia, the Russians through the illegals. There are enormous counter-espionage programs, and we're making it really super easy for them to find secrets, it seems like. 
Yeah, look, and this is a unique and rare opportunity for the House Intelligence Committee and the new chairman, Mike Turner, who I worked under and with during the Russiagate investigation under then-Chairman Devin Nunes. Mike has said he wants to get back to the bread and butter of intelligence oversight. Well, this could not be more front and center in that lane. So hopefully his um, under his chairmanship, the Intelligence Committee on the House side will introduce legislation um, to prevent this from happening and, and introduce punishments for when it does and also um, take away the monies the billions of dollars we're giving away to the intelligence communities until it can get their own records department straight. I mean, everyone's out there making fun of NARA and the librarians. Well, now look who has egg on their face, the uh, intelligence librarians and the community and its staff who can't even exercise control of documents at the highest levels, especially when you're talking the White House and the Office of Vice President and the Office of the President. So this is an opportunity for them to implement serious oversight and say this is a win for everybody. It's not even a, a it's not even a political issue anymore to touch Democrats and Republicans, but it should be a primacy primary national security issue to say we can't have documents like this in the wild ever because who knows when they'll be found, who knows what's in them, and who knows how many people, more importantly, have touched them. Um, and every time that happens, that's a possible crime. So I think uh, hopefully the House Intel Committee and Kevin McCarthy. Uh, can get going on this sort of reform, 702 reform, and so many other actual reforms that need to occur in the intel committees. It's really pretty remarkable. Another place that probably shook our confidence in the intelligence community was an indictment Monday of Charles McGonigal, the former head of the FBI counterintelligence unit in FBI. He played a role in the launching of Crossfire Hurricane. I think it was his email to John Maffa and Peter Strzok that started the whole George Papadopoulos allegation. What did you know about him? Did he come up on your radar when you were at House Intelligence? Uh, yeah, great question. You know, I don't recall that name specifically, but you'll be, not be surprised by the following. He is a Peter Strzok buddy and protege. So he was inside the corrupt government cabal that was running Russiagate. So uh, no, no surprises there. And let's not kid his position or short it. He was the head of CI for the New York field office. That's the largest CI field office in the world for the FBI, and he was the number one. And he was working on the Russiagate hoax. But it doesn't end there. This guy, McGonagall, was getting paid by, as you said, Oleg Deripaska. And why is that name so familiar? Because he's a Russian typhoon who's a criminal, who's sanctioned criminally by the United States of America. And it does, as if that weren't bad enough, he's taking the quarter million dollars from him to implement uh, actions against American national security interests and rightfully being charged for that. But, John, it gets worse. You know, we've always said you and I follow the money. It's pretty simple. Okay, well, they follow the money to the payments to him. But uh, why was Senator Mark Warner, of the head of the Intelligence Committee on the Senate side, texting this guy, uh, Deripaska's attorney, directly during the Russiagate hoax? Why is it that Deripaska was paying Christopher Steele, and then ended up paying McGonagall. And you have a United States Senator on the Intel Committee texting uh, Deripaska's lawyers, and the text messages are available publicly, John. I think you did a great job in reporting them back when they were there. And they said, oh, there's no there, there, nothing to see here. And the Senate Intel Committee issued a, a statement saying, oh, we've known about this for a while. Well, did you know about Deripaska's connection to Steele and, and at McGonagall? These questions need to be asked, and these senators need to be put on their microscope and maybe even let's subpoena their emails and their text messages because we now know the American public are owed answers as to what type of cover-up operation the FBI was running. And what's so jaw-dropping about the McGonagall indictment is that they allege that he began representing this oligarch 
while he was still working for the FBI. He hadn't even left his job yet when he was already starting to do the work and get the compensation that is alleged in the indictment. That's a head scratcher. Oleg Deripaska is like the Forrest Gump of the FBI or the Forrest Gump of the Intelligence Committee. These are the things that I know from my reporting on the record. By the way, I interviewed Oleg Deripaska in 2018. He confirmed all of these things. In 2006, he gets sanctioned by the U.S. because the State Department believes he's connected to criminal elements in Russia. In 2009, the FBI, knowing that he's sanctioned, knowing that he had a desire to get in the United States and couldn't because of the sanctions, he is invited by the FBI to run a special rescue operation to find a missing FBI agent named Levinson in Iran. And as part of that, the FBI brings him into the United States on a CIA visa. And he gets in here, gets what he wants. He runs an operation, helps the FBI learn something about this missing guy. In 2015, he hires Christopher Steele. And then Christopher Steele turns around, writes a dossier suggesting that maybe this oligarch, Oleg Deripaska, was the key to connecting the Trump campaign to the Russia collusion, which, by the way, never happened. In 2016, the FBI interviews him at his home and he tells him there's no Russia collusion going on. They ignore that. And in 2017, his lawyer is texting with Mark Warner on the Senate Intelligence Committee. It seems as though Oleg Deripaska is everywhere. And it turns out he was working with the head of counterintelligence in New York FBI on a research project for against one of his enemies or competitors in the oligarch space. He's everywhere. Should the FBI maybe ha- pay more attention to who its people are consorting with, maybe a little less time on censoring our opinions? Well, they should, but they won't because they've weaponized the FBI and the DOJ. And your timeline is crystal clear. I think everyone should listen to that timeline. Actually, you should clip it and just put it out there for the world to hear. That was a wonderful timeline that people just don't, who don't know the characters and who don't know the, the conspiracies they were running need to hear. But as it relates to Oleg Deripaska, let's put out the confidential human source records of Oleg Deripaska, if there are any. Let's let the American people see what actions the FBI took and how much money, U.S. payer, taxpayer money, they gave to this guy. Because, look, at the end of the day, all these people, McGonagall, Strzok, Comey, Page, um, and so many others conspired to uh, perpetuate the biggest fraud in U.S. FBI DOJ history to argue that Donald Trump was a Russian asset. Isn't the irony of all ironies that we now find out the lead investigator for the CIA division at the FBI was on the take for the Russian oligarch that was paying Christopher Steele to come up with the very genesis of that conspiracy. And now we have Democratic senators on the Intelligence Committee communicating with him on text messages that are unequivocal in their nature. And I hope the world goes and reads them. And now we know that the only people that were conspiring with the Russians to do anything was, of course, no no surprise, the Democrats, the DNC, uh, democratically elected people in the Senate, and, of course, the FBI and DOJ under then Comey and later under Chris Wray. Uh, where it continued. So they will tout this as some sort of victory. It's no surprise that this indictment was unsealed at the time it was unsealed um, to give them a much needed, quote unquote, victory in terms of justice. But it, what it requires is a further in-depth look of the committees in Congress that were in communication with this sanctioned criminal and possible uh, source uh, for the FBI. And the American public needs to needs to know what happens. They need to know everything about him like we have learned about Christopher Steele. And that can only happen with the committee and oversight in the House who can go and subpoena these records. But uh, I don't know if uh, they will. There's an amazing moment in the secret annals of the Russia collusion case where the CIA sees what's going on, that the FBI doesn't have enough distance from Oleg Deripaska, specifically its informant, Christopher Steele. And it suggests that there be a revalidation 
of Christopher Steele before they use him as a source because he may be compromised by his relationship with Oleg Deripaska and some other oligarchs that he was associating with. They literally say he could be compromised. It could be a way for his source network to have been penetrated by Russian intelligence. And the FBI ignores that advice. That's something that DNI John Radcliffe finally gave us in 2020 when he declassified some of the footnotes in the inspector general's report. The CIA could see how unholy the relationship between the FBI and its sources were with Oleg Deripaska. FBI seemed to have blinders on all that time. I think you dealt with some of this when you were at the House Intelligence Committee. Disturbing to see the FBI unwilling to see the problems that the CIA could see. Yeah, I don't even know if they're, uh, well, unwilling is the right word. You're right. Because if they had asked the questions that needed to be asked, then we wouldn't be in this mess. But they knew what questions not to ask. They knew what questions not to ask the FISA court. They knew what questions not to ask um, FBI leadership because they wanted a conclusion that was already arrived to that Donald Trump was a Russian asset that needed to be taken out and that facts be damned. And that is the problem with what I call the government gangsters that were running the FBI. That's actually the title of my new book, my adult book that is coming out uh, hopefully very soon here uh, if the government ever releases my transcript, my manuscript. But what happens is these folks have a internal cabal that's destroying the FBI. It was then Comey. It's now, uh, you know, and Rosenstein. And then it was Rosenstein and Ray later. And now it's Garland and Ray. And <clears throat> they um, have destroyed the Department of Justice. They have said, we will we will basically not mete out justice unilaterally, even though Merrick Garland's running around out there saying they will prosecute without fear or fervor or any bipartisanship bias, but that's exactly what they're doing because they have outcomes in mind that they want to achieve and they reverse engineer. That is not what's supposed to happen in modern day American jurisprudence, but it's what happened. It's what's happening with the Biden case. And that has exposed uh, uh, one of their biggest flanks in their operation is sort of, as they say, they're executing justice, but I just don't see it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Last question that we had a story in the last 48 hours at Just the News our reporter tracked more than 200 people who left U.S. intelligence agency jobs, CIA, FBI, NSA, NSC, and DHS, to go into the big tech industries and specifically into the area of compliance and quality control, meaning disinformation and censorship offices. Some of them have very clear liberal biases expressed in their personal opinions on Facebook, one of them acknowledged pretty candidly, there are real no rules. No one agrees what we should do. And that power in his hands to censor an American's opinion actually was kind of scary to him. This revolving door between U.S. intelligence and big tech, probably the reason why big tech was so receptive to some of the censorship requests. How does it get fixed? Uh, simple. And it's, I think it's something that President Trump just put out. You have to put an all out ban across the board so that these people in the intelligence community cannot go out and get a golden parachute after failing to do their jobs for the United States of America um, and then going out and getting seven-figure payday to continue the censorship that they were a part of while they were inside the government, which was illegal to begin with. And that's it. That's what you have to do. You have to put out a ban. And, and that punishes a lot of the good people in the IC, John, unfortunately, but that's the only way to root it out. And now you have, you know, how many dozens of people at Facebook from the FBI, how many scores of people at Twitter, and you've now seen the emails come out and the documentation come out that shows they specifically were engaging with their former colleagues, be it at Twitter or Facebook or wherever, having weekly meetings up leading up to presidential and congressional elections to suppress 
actual free speech based on the subject and who the person was, not based on whether or not it was actually criminal or not, which is the very definition of things that happen in, in a, a dictatorship, not in a constitutional republic. So the simple answer there is that you have to ban them. And it's unfortunate because it'll harm the people who have served so many of these people who have served our country for decades and then need employment afterwards. But that's that's what happens when you let these sort of government gangsters come in. Yeah. And if I can, just a quick second on my new book, John, I think I've told you about it, but Government Gangsters over at governmentgangsters.com is uh, a book on how the how we have um, exposed the deep state uh, agency by agency. And I list every government gangster by name and their corrupt actions. But more importantly, I tell everybody how we go through every agency and department and fix it. And that's over at uh, pre-sale right now, governmentgangsters.com. And you can, uh, since John Solomon, you all can have 20% off for one more day um, at governmentgangsters.com. It's already skyrocketing up the charts. And, of course, ironically, the DOD is withholding a release of my manuscript, but it's coming out. We're going to fight them. This book's going to the top, and, and it's going to help educate Americans on what happened and what we've been talking about these last six years. But most importantly, John, how we restore these agencies and departments to serve the American people. That's what's key about everything you've done in your work, Cash. You not only expose the problem, you try to put on the table solutions that you get it fixed. And I think that's what Americans want. They're tired of, of people throwing up their hands or accepting the status quo or complaining but not fixing the situation. You've never done that. You always jump in there and you put your finger on the solution as well as the problem. And I think that this book is going to be a bestseller because of the fact that you give a cogent definition of what the government gangster problem is and then how do we fix it that's what people are looking for they're looking for the solution now and we're really super excited to go check that out that's going to be a big 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 book thanks so much john i appreciate it as always let me get that in well you've done a lot for your country and a lot more on the horizon i sense just from the stuff you're doing but a great honor to have you on today my friend we'll be looking for that book and we're going to learn a lot more i have a funny feeling about oleg deripaska and the fbi in the next few months absolutely great to be with you john Thanks a lot, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, the exclusive interview Amanda Head and I did last night with Jim Jordan. You won't want to miss it. He's got a big announcement about how he's going to fix the censorship problem in America. You're going to want to catch that right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everybody, from the FBI raid at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate late last summer to Joe Biden's legal counsel very quietly handing over classified documents just before midterms to former Vice President Mike Pence now turning in classified documents that he found and his attorneys found. Uh, it seems to me that perhaps Obama and Clinton and Bush and, my gosh, even Carter should be searching their sock drawers two or three times just to make sure. But uh, have these situations all been handled the same? <laughs> well, here to react to the latest document debacle, especially pertaining to Joe Biden, is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. Congressman, I wanted to get your response to the latest news on all of this and how yeah. your legislative body can end all of this. Well, I mean, we've got a number of committees looking into it. Uh, I think the, the, the big takeaway for so many Americans is we want equal treatment. We want, you know, the same standard for President Trump should be applied to to to, to Joe Biden or, or Secretary Clinton. I mean, we want equal treatment under the law. It's one of the one of the big concerns we have as Republicans, as Americans, it's why we have this select committee focused on what we think is the political operations and political focus of the Justice Department. So we want equal treatment under the law. And one of the things that stood out to us, I think, this weekend, there was a story, it was a Washington Post story, where it said that there was an understanding between the White House and the Justice Department on keeping the Biden document issue quiet. Well, I mean, what, is that? Is, what, what, what does that mean? Because that certainly wasn't the case with President Trump. It was anything but quiet with pictures and cameras and helicopters and everything else when they raided his home. So I think that's the sort of the, the big, big concern I think so many of us have. Let's have an equal standard here, equal, equal treatment, and let's get the facts for the American people. Uh, there was a large uh, sound of applause when you announced the uh, Special Select Committee on Weaponization of Federal Law Enforcement. What is its first mission? As it gets started, where are some of the first things that we might see in public of the committee's work? Well, I think we're going to hear from the whistleblowers. Now, many of them have been, we believe, retaliated against. And as I've said many times, including on your show, that we've now had over a couple dozen whistleblowers, FBI agents come forward and talk to us about what they've seen at the Justice Department, the political nature of the things they've seen. The very first whistleblower came and talked to us about the whole school board situation from a year and a half ago. So we anticipate many of those individuals are going to be willing to be deposed. As soon as we actually get the committee formed and Democrats name people to the committee, then we will be able to um, move forward and, and, and conduct those depositions. But we want to do that. And then I think many of them are going to be willing to testify as well. So um, that's, I think, where we start, not to mention the people who've been targeted. I want to talk to the 25 people who have, and we've talked to some of these, but the 25 people who were targeted by the system Merrick Garland set up with his memorandum, the parents, the mom who was, tar I want to talk to these people. I think some of those are going to be willing to come forward as well. Wow, powerful stuff. Congressman, I, I have a feeling that there are going to be quite a few people who don't necessarily want to come talk to you and, and Chairman Comer as well, but a lot of the folks who are conducting these investigations. What tools do you plan on using to compel them to come and give some answers? Well, obviously, when you're in the majority, you have the ability to subpoena folks. So we will we will be doing that subpoena documents, subpoenaing information, subpoenaing individuals to come uh, testify. We will use that when we have to. Uh, we think that's important, and that's again one of the one of the key key elements you have, key tools you have, if in fact you're in the majority. But I do think, and we 
we just we just know this is going to happen. The agencies are going to they're going to fight us every step of the way. So you try to get information from other places. Let's take the Twitter files and, and this this cozy relationship that we now know existed between big government and big tech to keep information from the American people and to shape and mold the narrative about all kinds of issues. And we know, of course, with the Hunter Biden story just days and weeks before the most important election, I think we can get information from the tech companies, which we may not be able to get from from uh, the FBI or the Department of Justice. So we'll use that. We'll talk to we'll talk to um, we'll talk to the whistleblowers, as I said. We'll talk to people who've been targeted. But we'll do everything we can to get the information to get the truth on the table. And I always stress this one point: the reason this is so important is because when you have unequal treatment under the law, you no longer have this. This we're the greatest country ever, but America is not America if you have different treatment for different people based on their political beliefs. And that's what I think so many Americans understand we now have from this Justice Department. And the first step to stopping that, the very first thing you have to do is expose it, get all the facts on the table, get the truth and all the information to the country. And that's what we're committed to doing in the course of this Congress. There's nothing like facts. There's such a stubborn thing, and they have a way of informing the American public. I want to ask you, I know earlier you talked about an allegation that one of the whistleblowers brought about an effort to thwart the Hunter Biden investigation in 2020 in the Washington field office, uh, some intelligence analysis coming in, giving a false story. Do you have any other reason, any other evidence to suggest that uh, the U.S. attorney Weiss or others don't have a free hand to go ahead and make the decision? It seems like this a probe of Hunter Biden's been going on four years. It seems like they could have come to a resolution by yeah. now. I, I don't, John. Um, you know, who knows what's taking so long? It seems like these investigations always take forever. Sure. I mean, I, I even think about the Durham investigation. You and I have talked about that multiple times, right. but they always seem to take a long time. Um, so I don't have any insight. But, but that, I think, is definitely something that you'll see Mr. Comer look into as well uh, as chairman of the Oversight Committee. Again, our focus is getting to the truth, getting to the facts, doing whatever we have to do to do the oversight that our, frankly, it's our constitutional duty to do that, to do it in a vigorous way, to do it in an aggressive way, but to do it in a way that's consistent with the Constitution and mostly to do it in a way that protects the First Amendment, which I think we've seen attacked so much by the Biden administration over the last two years. Absolutely. Um, Congressman, you mentioned a moment ago big government and big tech, and John has an article over at justthenews.com about over 200 members of personnel from the intelligence uh, community who have now been embedded in big tech. And for a long time, I think Americans have seen a, a different cyclical thing that happens in Washington, D.C., where you have members of Congress who then filter into K Street and they have these really cushy jobs. And it seems like we're kind of seeing the same thing with the intelligence community. community morphing into big tech. Yeah. And it seems to me that this is this is a problem of lucratizing what is supposed to be public service. Yeah, no, I think a, a very good comparison for for, you know, for how long as we, we've seen uh, former members of Congress then go become lobbyists and advocate and and, and and do that. Now it's it's a different animal. It's folks in the executive branch who now go to the big companies, the big tech companies. Um, and of course, the most telling example is probably uh, Jim Baker, who was right in the middle of this this effort to suppress the Hunter Biden story, as I always say, just days and weeks before the most important election we have, election for president of the United States. And it was all sort of built together with the 51 former intel officials 
first writing the letter, and then the weekly meetings between Elvis Chan, the agent in San Francisco, and the tech companies talking about be on the lookout for Russian misinformation and Russian disinformation and a Russian information operation. Be on the lookout for all that, as that letter said, and how this was all kind of fit together to keep information from the American people and to mold and shape the narrative Again, to, it seems to us in a way to influence that election. And of course, recent polling suggests if the Americans would have no, American people would have known that, that, that would have changed the outcome of the 2020 election. So um, that is frightening stuff because it's not supposed to work that way in this great country. My colleague had a great line when he said, when is the FBI just going to stay out of elections and let the American people decide? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, it was suppressing the Hunter Biden story. And 2022, they raided President Trump's home 91 days before the election. And six days before the election, they knew about Biden doing the same darn thing, and they didn't tell us. So just stay out of it and let we, the people, decide who we want as our commander-in-chief and who we want representing us in the United States Congress. People are cheering for that, I'm certain. Congressman, last question for me. I, uh, the uh, idea of censorship. Is there a way to tie the hands of FBI and intelligence to keep them out of the business of censoring Americans' opinions? And is that a legislative fix you're likely to pursue? When government's involved in pressuring and working with private sector to keep information from the American people, we believe that's a direct attack on the First Amendment. This is something we will definitely look into in the Judiciary Committee. I think we will have hearings on that issue. I, I anticipate multiple hearings. Think about this, John. If you just looked at the Twitter files, everything we learn in each each kind of uh, batch of Twitter files, to use a term that's being used now a lot about the, the, the documents, uh, the classified documents from, from Biden, but each batch of those Twitter files, I think there's a, there's a hearing there on what took place and how government was pressuring the private sector, working with the private sector to limit the information of the American people that the American people got to see and limit Americans' First Amendment free speech rights. All right, folks, we got one more to go, and it's a good one. The former CIA station chief from Moscow, one of the brightest minds in the United States intelligence community, Dan Hoffman, joins us. We're going to talk about the Ukraine war right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the Biden administration has authorized the release of some very important military tanks to Ukraine to further Ukraine's effort to repel the Russian aggression in their country. Big development. We've got a perfect person to come in and handicap what's going on. 
longtime CIA officer, one of the most trusted voices in national security. He is Dan Hoffman. Dan, great to have you back on the show. Oh, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. It's a great honor. You always make sense of a very complicated world. This is a big moment between the Germans announcing their willingness to help Ukraine with tanks and now America giving tanks. This should help the Ukrainian effort quite a bit. How important is this? It's pretty important. Uh, The British kind of broke the ice by providing 14 of their Challenger tanks. And then there was a lot of talk and a lot of uh, persuasion efforts on the part of the Biden administration to get the Germans to deliver their Leopard tanks. Uh, They run on diesel fuel, which is a lot better than the jet fuel that we use for our Abrams tanks. But, you know, the Germans didn't want to proceed without kind of that top cover of U.S. support. And so the United States is providing 30 M1 Abrams tanks that Germany and their allies will send 88 tanks. Tactically on the battlefield, it means a lot. We're looking at, you know, a spring offensive from both sides. It's going to get, uh, you know, it's going to get pretty kinetic there. And particularly around the area of the Donbass, uh, it really, you know, you got to have tanks. And, and the Ukrainians have, have taken a lot of Russian tanks, the T-72s and others, uh, but those have worn down and they need new ones. And this is going to give Ukraine a good edge, uh, a good fighting edge. Yeah, and it's that offensive that is in the near offing that I think really has the Ukrainians in need of this hardware. The intelligence seems to be pretty good. Our CIA director, I believe, was in Ukraine in the last few days giving a briefing. Ukraine, when you handicap the war, Russia looks like it's settling in for a long slog. Ukraine looks like it feels like it can keep its momentum going. Is that possible that Ukrainians will keep their momentum and the uh, military victories going? I think the Ukrainians feel like they want to end this war as fast as they can for a whole host of reasons. First of all, the Russians are raining down hell on Ukrainian civilians. They've bombed maternity wards. They've destroyed Ukraine's infrastructure, uh, bombed, deliberately bombed neighborhoods and hospitals and schools. Uh, millions of Ukrainians have been forced to flee their homes. The millions of refugees now live overseas. Ukraine kind of wants peace and uh, their country back. And so they want to end this as fast as possible. And, and the longer it delays, the end, uh, the worse it is for them. That's why there's been some criticism of the Biden administration for what a lot of people call escalation paralysis, this concern that we shouldn't give Ukraine what they need, long-range artillery uh, before it was air defense and tanks, uh, you know, out of some concern that it would escalate. Well, Russia's escalated the war, and the only way to end it is to take the fight to the Russian enemy. Yeah, that's right. If you're in, you're all in. The war is not fought with half-heartedness. There's no doubt about that. The end objective, the Biden administration sometimes struggles to describe what victory is for the United States, what victory is for Ukraine. You do a much better job of that. But what do you think the objective for the United States should be to define a victory here? So first, I would start with this. President Biden does need to speak to the American people. And no better day maybe than on February 7th, State of the Union address. That would be a good time to do it. You know, he's been criticized in some quarters by not giving Ukraine enough and and fast enough. He's criticized in other quarters for doing too much. So he's got to explain to the American people why this is in U.S. national interest uh, to to help Ukraine defend themselves, you know, from a nuclear armed state mounting an imperial land grab. Um, That's what this is all about. And, you know, if you're looking for return on on our investment, Ukraine has decimated Russia's military They've done more than any NATO member has ever done, you know, to counter, defend and and ultimately deter Russian aggression. So it's in our interest. But my goodness, the president needs to take a page out of President Reagan's book or or FDR's book or JFK, somebody and uh, explain to us what's going on and why it matters to us. 
Yeah, that is the missing component. And it's that lack of leadership that left a very muddled message for American people. Americans are very sympathetic to what Ukrainians are going through. They know who the aggressor is. They know that Russia hasn't been a good actor on this. But that presidential explanation of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what victory is, has been the missing component throughout this. There are some in Russia who say, watch what you wish for. Maybe you'll get Putin overthrown or he'll die. But those coming up behind him are even more hardlined. Or maybe if Russia's facing a major loss, they would be tempted to use nuclear weapons. How do you assess those threats? Is that propaganda or are those real concerns? I think that's those are things that our intelligence community just has to be tracking. You know, the inner turmoil in the Kremlin right now and in Russian power circle. Uh, look, they failed miserably in this war effort. And in the past, when they failed, whether it was 1905 in the war with Japan or 1917, World War One, those led to, you know, an attempted failed revolution, the case of 1905 and a real one in 1917. And then Brezhnev's, you know, invasion of Afghanistan ultimately is certainly one Certainly one reason why the Soviet Union collapsed. So tracking, you know, the, the inner circle, Putin's inner circle and, and who is potentially going to be moving against him, uh, that's key for, for our intelligence community. I'm sure the Biden administration, like other administrations before, you know, they're asking those questions. Uh, and it's very it's just reading those tea leaves about what would what would happen after Putin is gone. He will go uh, and it probably won't be because of old age. Uh, but reading the tea leaves is awfully difficult. There are so many options. Uh, and, and certainly Putin is facing those threats himself. His erstwhile ally, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, who runs the Wagner Group, has been very critical of the Russian military. And he's trying to make out that it's the Wagner Group that's doing all the fighting and responsible for whatever victories Russia's enjoying, which really isn't much of anything at all. Uh, he presents a real problem for Putin. That's why uh, Prigozhin's general, Surovkin, was removed as the, the lead battlefield commander for Ukraine and replaced with Valery Gerasimov, the army chief of staff and, and Putin's guy. Yeah, no, no doubt. The internal pressures on Putin are very real and they're becoming more public, too, which I think is unusual in, in, in the recent Russian history uh, sign of, of weakening. Last question. China seems to have its finger a little bit in this mess, clearly helping Russia to some degree. Is there a long term China-Russia alliance building here or is this just a matter of China seeing an opportunity to mess with the United States? So China's playing uh a pretty smart game here, and it's a fine line. But I'm going to give you a little counterintuitive view. I think China is very happy to see Russia uh, losing this war because it makes Russia very weak, and China will exploit that for their own reasons and their own purposes. China wants to, to infiltrate Russia's traditional sphere of influence. That means uh, the Caucasus and Central Asia. Uh, they're doing that. And Russia's not there to really prevent them. Same thing in Africa and the Middle East. It's open field running for China uh, with Russia down. And the Chinese would like the Russians to think, sure, they're, they're great partners and friends. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Chinese will give the Russians a little bit of help, but they're not giving them enough help to really cause much of a difference in the war. And again, I think China just sees really great economic opportunities to exploit Russia, which is now sending most of their hydrocarbons, uh, gas and oil to China at reduced prices. So the war is actually good for China. We shouldn't assume that it's a bad, that it's necessarily, 
has bad you know ramifications for for China. I think it's actually probably okay for him. Yeah, no, so important, Dan. These are such great insights. We're so lucky. A lot of people have struggled to understand what's going on. You always bring us a lot of clarity. Thanks so much for spending time with us today and giving us a great interview. Hey, always a pleasure, John. Take care. Great honor, my friend. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So grateful you can join us today. A big thank you to our guests, Cash Patel, Jim Jordan, Dan Hoffman, three very well-versed guests who gave us a good tour of all the big stories going on from the Ukraine war to the Biden classified document scandal. We had you covered on all those today. Check out justthenews.com 24-7. We've got you covered with breaking headlines. And be sure to download the app, the Just the News app on the iOS Apple platform and the Android Google Play platform. A great way to experience Just the News in three formats. You can read it, you can watch it, you can listen to it. That is a great idea. And we're hoping that you'll take advantage of that. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, God bless you and God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. As he always has, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and ZPAC. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.